I'll pray for you. So, Father, I want to thank you for this man. Thank you for um, the time that he spent with you over the last week, praying and fasting, Mm. and hearing your voice for us as a church family and for him as an individual. Just pray that you will give him the words now to convey your message to us as a church family. We'll understand and take those words into our hearts and use them during this year as you take us to different places on, on different adventures. Amen. 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 Thanks, Dave. Can you all give Dave a big round of applause? One of my favorite human beings. He's, he's mainly a favorite with the kids, but we all love him too. Um, well, Happy New Year to you all. Um, it always feels um, quite a thing to... to <laughs> to be given the task of telling you all God's word for your plan for your life for a whole year. Um, you know, it's, I'd be quite sort of presumptuous um, to think that I know specifically every single plan and purpose for your life um, for the next year. Um, but it is a privilege to be able to take some time to listen to God and to seek to understand something of his heart for his church throughout a year, and to ask God, what can I put into your hands that can be, can be alive in such a way that it can lead you into the purposes that God has for you? And so it's been a real privilege for me to spend uh, some time since January the 1st fasting and praying and seeking and being, quietening my life as much as I can to hear God's voice so that I've got something of quality to share with you today. And I believe that God's given me something that you guys will be able to pick up and run with. So um, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to see who's got a Bible. Um, Lord, thank you so much that you are with us. And I pray that as I speak now, that your spirit would take my words and that you would apply them to each of us. Lord, we, we can't do this life that you've given us on our own and get the best out of it, Lord. But with your word living and active within us, we can live it in such a way that we can be an inspiration to others and we can soar through this life with you. And so, Lord, I want to pray for that kind of revelation today as I speak, that, you would, that my words would burst into spirit and into life as we listen. Amen. Amen. So who, who's bought a Bible? Got some Bibles in the room. Who, if you, you can't read yours. Okay, well, you're going to have to really listen. Yeah. Um, some people have got them on phones. If you, I would encourage you to get your phone out and uh, be ready to read on your phone. If you haven't got a Bible or a phone, um, there are Bibles around. So... Um, is anyone, would anyone like a Bible? Because it's verse for the year. We've got to find out where it is. Does anyone like a Bible? Uh, if you would, um, we can dish some out. Okay. I don't know what your expectation levels are like for what God was doing in the earth today. How do you encourage yourself as to what God is doing? I like to hear about what God is doing in the earth. So I try to tune in to various places to be able to hear what God's up to because it encourages my faith. Because I can tell you that God is doing so 
much in the earth today. People all over the world are coming to Christ. Lives are being restored. Addictions are breaking away. We've got people who are having a complete revolution in their lives all over the world and are being released into new acts of service and new purpose all the time. God is always working, even if at times we can't feel it. Jesus was once challenged about working when people felt he shouldn't be working on the Sabbath. He says, I'm working because my Father is always working. That's not to say that God is a workaholic. He's also the Lord of the Sabbath. He's also rest. When you come into God's presence, you experience his rest. But God is also always working. How can he be rest and always working? That's a strange concept for us. We, we are finite, so we have to kind of have you know, days for this and days for that. But God isn't like that. He is omnipresent and he is omnipotent. Two big theological words that explain that God is everywhere and he is all-powerful. So God can unleash an entire revival on his day off. He's that powerful. There is more power for healing and revelation in God's little finger than we can possibly imagine. That's who he is. God has no limitations. God has no, nothing that would prevent him from doing anything he wants to do. And yet, God chooses to work in and through his people. He chooses to work through us. Throughout scripture and throughout history, this is true. He chooses to work in and through his people. The Bible says that God does nothing lest he reveal it to his prophets. That's Amos 3 verse 7. And Jesus also said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. God's activity, God's kingdom advance into the world, where he wants to beautify this world and bring it through into his kingdom dynamics of love. He wants to do that through his people. As the Father has sent me, said Jesus, I'm sending you. That's John 20, 21. So the way of God's working in the earth hasn't changed. He still wants to show us what he's doing. He still wants to reveal what he wants to do on the earth to his prophets. And he still wants to use us that his purposes may be fulfilled. This is his way. And I believe right now that the kingdom advancement on the earth has a significant problem to overcome. And this is the problem. Most Christians are struggling to discern God's purposes for their own lives and for the world. We don't, we, I believe that we all want to know God's purposes and we want to be drawn into them. But instead, for many of us, there is a distinctive lack of purpose. Many of us are feeling a sense of lostness and disconnection that keeps resurfacing. Maybe some of us remember a time earlier on in our Christian walk, where it was easier to discern God's voice and to discern God's purposes and to feel God's presence on a daily basis. So what has changed? All kinds of things can affect how we perceive God. All kinds of things can close our eyes and close our ears and knock us off course. But one theory that many Christian thought leaders are talking about has to do with our vastly increased use of screens. These things. For most of us, our, our screen time blocks out our awareness of God. 
It distracts us powerfully from his voice, and it dulls our awareness of his presence. New research by the University of Leeds warns that screen use is significantly increased amongst adults during COVID-19 lockdowns and has continued at a higher rate since. It's interesting, isn't it? The findings are the first outcome of the new uses of screens in post-lockdown Britain study. It's a huge study. The research uh, investigated the lived experiences of British adults and how their use of screen technologies has changed as a result of the pandemic. It says this, a survey of 500 UK adults and 20 interviews funded by Research England revealed that half of respondents now look at screens for 11 hours or more a day, and more than a quarter of British people look at screens for 14 hours or more a day. More than half of the participants said that they used screens more often than they did pre-pandemic. One in four people said their screen time had increased at work, and one in two were using screens for leisure activities more than they did before the pandemic. The study's principal investigator, Rafe Clayton, from Leeds School of Media and Communication said this, the COVID-19 lockdowns have understandably transformed our relationship with screens and the role that they play in our personal and professional lives. There are many benefits to using screens. However, this needs to be balanced with an awareness of the risks of screen usage so people have the knowledge to better manage their screen time. The research also analyzed the link between screen use and health and found that negative health impacts are perceived to be common. Participants noted a broad range of physical and mental health issues that they identified as being connected to the use of their screens. These include eye strain, headaches, fatigue, less motivation, social anxiety, and a decline in their attention span. Most of the respondents said that screen time had a negative impact on their health, with 40% having experienced negative physical side effects. Well, and this is the headline. While many of the interviewees understand the advantages of screens, our study has highlighted that it is difficult for them to recognize when it becomes a disadvantage. So the negative effects of screen use is really hard for us to see. It's one of those things that kind of grows over time where it's a habit that slowly increases, that grabs more and more of our attention. And it's only in hindsight when we compare how we live now to how maybe how we lived two years, five years, ten years ago, that we can see the impact of what it's having to our attention, our awareness, and also where we go to respond to our human needs, where provision comes from, where information comes from, where inspiration comes from, where relationship comes from, and all of those things. This study doesn't look at the spiritual impact of screens, um, but I believe there is even greater impact of uh, life change through our use of screens in the spiritual realm. The gaps of quiet in between tasks and interactions with people, when it's quiet and empty and God used to be able to whisper to us, have been filled with the continuous scroll with urgent messages, and with instant entertainment for many of us. First thing in the morning, our lunch breaks, and our evenings are prime times for our screen addictions to kick in. Times when perhaps we used to pick up some Bible notes, or to play some worship, or spend some time just in quiet, processing the day with God. 
as I've prayed into this, God has shown me these patterns in my own life. Preaching to me first. And he's also given me real hope and a desire for God doesn't reveal our issues to condemn us. Thank God. He shows us things that need to change in order to invite us into something better. He calls us higher. And he shows us where we can step forward and where we can step beyond our current experience in his goodness and in his love. And so with this in mind, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. This is the verses that I believe God has given us for this year. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. It says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's three verses. The cheeky pastor has squeezed in a couple of extra ones there. If you're really keen just to have one verse for the year, choose verse 17, which says this, Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. But I believe these three verses hang together. So don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I believe these verses are charged with a, with a number of powerful invitations from God. So I want to unpack them first. I want to look at uh, the original meaning. I want to go into the Greek. So it's going to be a, a little bit of a kind of boffin time for a while, and then we're going to wrap it all up together in prayer at the end. Does that sound okay? So let's go through it. Let's go through it line by line. Verse 15, be careful how you live. Be careful is made up of two Greek words, blipete and akribos. Blipete means to be observant or watchful, like, like the watchman on the walls of a city. And akribos means to be highly accurate. Be highly accurate, down to the last detail. Strong's Concordance describes it as an exactness, exactness acquired by probing investigation to provide a precise view in strict adherence to the facts. So when you put these two together in the context of how you live, because that's what this verse is about, you end up with something like this. Develop a discipline of prophetic watchfulness to the point where you can accurately understand what God is showing you about your life so that you can take the necessary steps. That's what this word means, to be careful how you live, to be watchful and to be able to discern accurately what God is showing you. I believe God is saying we're not, if we are not prepared to cultivate this kind of watchfulness, we're just not going to know where to go in 2023. This is something we have to cultivate in our lives. Spiritual lostness and aimlessness is inevitable unless we are prepared to come to him to frequently reset our bearings and understand where God is asking us to go. As I was praying about this, I had uh, a picture. And for those of you who are, are new to prayer, sometimes God will just throw um, like an image on our inner, inner screen, on our imagination, if you like. As we're praying, God will show us something. We just sort of see something in our spirits. And our imagination can sort of lead us through a picture because God is speaking to us. It's amazing. Um, I thank God for the pictures he's given me uh, 
in my own life and through the rest of you as well and through others. But in this picture, as I was praying, and I was praying about, about this whole situation, I felt God showed me um, like a vast rainforest. I mean, it was as far as the eye could see with the beautiful canopy of trees. Um, and across this rainforest, there were these watchtowers, like something from Lord of the Rings. It was amazing. Very high watchtowers that were every few hundred yards And there were Christians ascending these ladders and descending these ladders onto these watchtowers. And there was little groups of Christians on the top of each one. And they could see the lie of the land and for miles and miles and miles from the top of these watchtowers. Um, And they were up there talking to God and also talking to one another and calling to each other from the watchtowers. And in in this vision, as I was looking, I then uh, saw from, it's like I was standing on one of these watchtowers looking down and there was just hundreds and hundreds of people that I could see on the forest floor that were just trying to get somewhere, that were just crashing through the undergrowth, trying to get to the next place, not knowing which direction they were going, but trying to get somewhere, Um, looking confused and struggling and full of work and stress. I believe this picture is, is like the spiritual life of the UK. Many people are trying to get somewhere, Many people want to get somewhere that is spiritually really life-giving, really powerful, to, to live the best version of themselves and to be carried along by a light and a brightness and a strength. They want a strong spirituality, but it's not easy. But God has provided ways for us to ascend above the chaos and the demands of this world, to see with his perspective and to give us direction for our lives and encouragement in our fellowship. Amen? I believe that's what God is handing to each of us. What does that look like in practice? It means disciplining ourselves to take time to spend in his presence and to open our eyes to what he wants to show us about the lie of the land and where we're going. Every day to climb out of the confusion of the world by reading the scriptures and asking God to show us where we are and what's going on around us. We need to listen to the encouragements and insights of others who are also seeking to walk according to his direction and his path for our lives. If we don't take time to see what he wants to show us, we'll find ourselves getting lost and stuck. That word to live, be careful how you live, is another interesting word. Its, it's better translate, translation would be, be careful how you walk. The, work, the word is peripatete. And you can hear it's like peripatetic, like, like a peripatetic music teacher moves, walks around. They move around from place to place teaching music. So peripatete is, so it's be careful, be watchful, be accurate about how you walk. That's what this verse literally means. So to put, to, to, if you think about this word in scripture, how it's used, how you walk is, is, always means how you live, how you, you conduct your life. So an example from Proverbs 2, verse 7. He grants us a treasure of common sense to, grants a treasure of common sense to the honest, and he is a shield to those who walk with integrity, i.e., who conduct their lives with integrity. So putting this together, my personal amplified version of verse 15 would read: Develop a daily spiritual discipline of prophetic watchfulness to the point where you can accurately understand what God is showing you about your life. This is vital if you want him to direct your walk with him. So in those few words, be careful how you live, is all that meaning. 
watchful, accurate, and it's how you walk through your life. The next part of verse 15 underlines the first bit. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. This literally means what it says. Don't live like fools. Um, so fools, asophi, wise, sophi, or sophoi. It's where we get the, the, word, the name Sophie, which means the wise one. Any, any Sophies in the room? You want to stick with them? They're wise. Or um, uh, the word philosophy, made up of two words, philo and uh, Sophie. So you've got the love of wisdom, philo meaning love, Sophie meaning wisdom. So it's being attracted to or loving wisdom. So literally translated, this part says, not as unwise, but as wise. So be careful how you live, how you walk through this world. Choose to be wise. Choose to be spiritually understanding in 2023. And then the next verse says, Remember, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. This verse is fascinating. That phrase, make the most of every opportunity, in the Greek, it reads slightly differently. It basically says, a literal literal translation would be, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. This is a big word. I'm going to take my time. Exagorazomenai. Exagorazomenai. Makes me feel so intelligent. We usually translate that word, I feel less intelligent now, as um, redeeming, just redeeming. It means to rescue from or to purchase something back from slavery. To redeem the time literally means to claim your time back from spiritual slavery. That's interesting, isn't it? What does that mean? I think this means that the enemy wants to control and dominate our time in such a way that we are not free to use it according to God's plan for our lives. We don't talk about the devil that much because we don't want to give him much airspace. But this is quite serious. The enemy wants to hijack your time so that you can't walk in the purposes that God has for your life. Come in this full circle of what is trying to hijack our time. It's important because it strongly encourages us to rescue our time from the clutches of the enemy and to repurpose our time for God. This whole verse reads, to make every opportunity in these evil days. This word evil, literally translated as, would be pain-ridden, wicked, and slothful. Does that sound a long way from many people in 2023? Experiencing a pain-ridden life, attracted to wickedness. I know I sound like I'm really really anti screens at the moment. Um, it's, it's a thing. But if it just scroll um, Netflix and just see how many themes, uh, how many series, how many films are particularly fascinated with wickedness of some kind. Just root all of those out and see what's left. There's not that much. So pain-ridden, wicked days and slothful. Stuff that just makes it, uh, that we do in order to, uh, to, to waste time to recharge, to, to, to attempt to rest and neglect all the important things. That's what being slothful is. And it, that's another thing that I think these things do to us. Interestingly, um, Paul is encouraging first century disciples um, 
the days he is living through, the days that the first century disciples are living through, are pain-ridden, wicked, and lazy. And therefore, first century believers need to be careful that our time, their time isn't hijacked. How much more do we need to rescue our time from the subtle demands of culture that keep us spiritually enslaved? And the next verse explains the two ways we can go with this. It says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That word, thoughtlessly, aphrones. The word uh, in Greek, in, in Strong's, describes it as being without perspective to regulate behavior or short-sighted, lacking the overall picture. So this is one possibility. This is one way we can spend 2023 if we choose. We can choose to stay short-sighted and to stumble through the year focusing on whatever is immediately in front of us. We can firefight our way through the year. We can just always respond to the urgent. Or we have an option, another option. We can understand what the Lord wants us to do. This word would not be in here if it wasn't possible and for all of us to understand, to truly understand what it is that the Lord wants us to do. The word in Greek, to understand, is another fascinating word. It's sinete, and it literally means to set together. Strong's Concordance explains it in a number of ways. To synthesize, to join facts into a comprehensive interlocking whole, to arrive at a final understanding complete with life applications, And most frequently in Scripture, it's used to describe the process of discerning the will of God and then integrating His will into your life. So those are the two things that we are setting together, God's will and our lives, and interlocking them. So this is the other way we can choose to live in 2023, and I believe it is an invitation to every single person in the room. We can choose to passionately interlock God's will and our will in 2023. And do what God wants us to do. We can choose to live with an understanding of God's purposes and walk in them. And I believe that all of us are in a fork in the road right now at the beginning of this year. As we stand at this point in the year and look out and say, Lord, which way shall I start walking with you in this year? What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? We can take the path that leads to purpose and fruitfulness. Or we can blindly stumble down the path that leads to spiritual lostness and disconnection. And I believe that we all want to discern God's plans for us and his purposes. But God's word to us today is that we have to redeem our time. We have to make the most of every opportunity that we have and not let the enemy steal us away from his voice. Amen? I want to spend some time this morning not just talking, but responding. Um, I don't know if it's possible for any of our musicians that are still in the room to be able to play just for a minute. Um, Just to to help us to focus on God. If anyone can come and play, that would be great. And I, I want to encourage us to do some prophetic acts. <laughs> you don't have to do this if you don't want to, but if you choose to, you can. I wonder if we could all stand. And just to give you a heads up, I'm going to encourage us all in a moment to take out our phones, if you've got one, as a symbol of the enemy trying to hijack our time. I know these things are great. I, I love lots about these things. You know, I'm not, I'm not anti-technology. I'm not suddenly getting rid of this uh, and my iPad and everything and going completely off-grid. There's a part of me that would love to do that, but I don't think I could function very well. So I know these things have use, but it's just this idea that the enemy would love 
to steal our time and to keep us distracted enough to be able to miss God's specific, accurate purposes for our lives this year. So I want to encourage you just to hold it out. I'm going to pray a prayer that would allow us to take authority over this area of our lives, just to resubmit our time once again to God and to encourage us to open our spirits and open our eyes, to ascend the ladder again until we get perspective. Lord, I just want to here, before my brothers and sisters, just hold out my phone. I recognize that those who designed this gadget want as much of my time and attention as I'm willing to give. This is designed to occupy my time and attention for as much of my life as it can get away with. And so, Lord, we just bring these things before you. For some of us, it's different things that, that hijack our time. But what, we bring this for you, before you as a symbol of what this culture is trying to do and what the enemy is trying to do to rob us from your best. And we ask, Lord God, that you would help us to rule over these things. Lord, we want to redeem the time. And so we say, Lord, let this distraction not rule over us anymore. Help us, Lord God, to be able to establish boundaries with our technology, and with those things that draw us too far away from attention to you. Lord, we choose to be conscious of our relationship to technology and to entertainment and to the endless scroll. And instead, we choose your best for our lives. So I encourage you just to put it down. Put it on your chair, put it away, and just take it out of your hands. Lord, I want to thank you that with our hands free, and with our head allow, able to, to look up and look towards the horizon and to see further, we're no longer looking down or foot away from our noses at what's on the screen. We are looking out and we're looking beyond. Lord, I pray that you would show us what we need to see. Give us that spirit of being like watchmen on the walls a spiritual watchfulness. Lord, we just want to receive that now by the power of your Spirit. An ability to, to reconnect with you every day, to not walk too far through our lives without rising above the confusion, the chaos, the struggle, and to be in a, an elevated place with you where we can see, where we can hear, where we can reconnect, we can feel your presence, and we can see where you want us to go. Lord, I want to pray you'd also release a spirit of prophecy and spiritual discernment. Holy Spirit, would you increase our spiritual discernment so that we can accurately see what you're saying to us about our lives and about the world around us. We don't want to guess our way through this world. And we don't want to stumble from one bad decision into another. We want to walk according to your wisdom. And we want to know accurately what you want us to do. And now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would increase our faith levels. That you have plans and purposes for each and every one of us. Some of us have stopped believing that God has got plans that are very specific for each season of our lives. Maybe we've pushed that sense of purpose long into the future. One day, maybe I will discern my purpose and then I'll respond to it. 
Or maybe we've pushed it into the past. God showed me what I was to do when I was 19 and I'm just getting on with it. No, God has got fresh perspective for each of us. God has got specific things that he has to share with us so that we can walk in them. And that's not just once. It's certainly not just one preach at the beginning of the year. That is throughout 2023. But you've got to believe that God wants to speak to you. You've got to believe that God has chosen you for such a time as this, in such a place as this, and placed you into the family that he's placed you into, and placed you into the workplace that he's placed you into. And it's not a coincidence that your next door neighbors are who they are. He has a plan. He has a purpose. I don't believe it's all set in destiny and preordained so that we have no control with it. It is wrought out through relationship. And we, ha- we can miss out on God's best for our lives if we choose not to listen and to walk connected with him. And I don't believe anybody has missed out to the point where we can't redeem the time and have our lives redeemed and our purposes redeemed and to step into something more powerful than we can ever remember walking in and a more, more of a sense of connection and spiritual clarity than we've ever had before. This is God's inheritance for you that we can receive. But I believe our faith levels need to rise. You need to believe for your life today that God has purposes for you to fulfill that only you can fulfill. And he's waiting for you to listen and to see. You have the capacity to discern these things. You have the opportunities already laid out in this year to step into. But he needs our cooperation. And so, Lord, would you help us, not just today, but help us to develop some holy habits that will help us to keep ascending the ladder of prayer to see what you're saying, to see where you're going to experience your fellowship in our lives. I want to encourage you just to hold your hands out now before the Lord to receive. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, if you let him, will just lay one holy habit on your heart, something that he wants you to do that will allow you to rise above and to hear his voice. Maybe something as simple as pulling your car over to the side of the road for 10 minutes on the way home from work. For some of you, he might be calling you to start journaling. Write down what I'm laying upon your heart every day. For some of you, it might be setting the alarm clock that little bit earlier. If you're an early bird, if you're a lark, to get up and to start chewing on that word again. And to ask God to highlight a word that you can carry into your day. For those of you who are night owls and find the the mornings a nightmare, it might just be that lunch break. You need to redeem that time for God. No more scrolling. Let's get into something that's going to open your eyes and ears. Maybe it's the evening. Who knows? God will speak to you. And this is his invitation to you to be able to rise above, to see beyond, to receive specific word for you and your life and to be able to align your life with God this year. And there is, there is fruitfulness that will arise from that. This will make all the difference. The world will look at your change of habits and sneer as though it, it carries no value. But through it, God can do mighty things in your life. Revolutionize your spiritual life once again. And so Lord, we receive these things that you've asked us to do. 
And we ask that they would be springboards into your presence and into greater discernment. And as we practice your way, I pray that you would lead us further than we can ask or imagine right now in 2023. Thank you, Jesus. God's commitment to you. Lord, as we finish here in your presence, as we finish this time that is led from the front, Lord, I pray that this sense of your presence will continue with us. And I pray, Lord, that you would use us to encourage each other. Jesus, in that vision that you gave me, we were calling to one another from the, from the towers across the top of the, the, the forest. So I pray you'd use us to call to one another, to encourage one another. Lord, I pray that this week you would also give us words for one another that will help us to know where to go. Let your spirit walk with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.